Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. Hey guys, this week on Redesigning Life is my friend, Natasha Feldman. If you don't follow her or if you haven't seen her on Food Network, her blog is Nosh with Tosh. And she is such an amazing chef, but she came over. This was before the quarantine, you guys. So I'm not trying to make light of what's happening right now, but we just had this great conversation about the difference between what you see on food shows and food blogs and videos versus reality. And I think it really sheds light on not just food shows, but really what happens in our life and how we think what we see on social media is reality and we compare ourselves to that, but it really just isn't the case. It was a great conversation, so let's get started. Thank you, Natasha, for coming to the Soto House. My pleasure. <laughs> like you've been here before. <laughs> the last time Natasha was here, we did Facebook Live and we made, or I want to say we, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, we made it. No, you made it. I ate it. Okay. <laughs> but I wouldn't have made it that day if it hadn't been for you. They were refried beans and cauliflower roasted vegetable tacos that were to die for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recipe's on your site, and I yeah. think it's on my site, too. Oh, you can get it anywhere. You can get it anywhere. Anywhere Literally. books are sold. <laughs> <laughs> you should Google refried beans, uh-huh. nosh with tosh. On my website, they're called honey jalapeno black oh, beans. How about I do this? Huh. You guys, on the notes of this podcast, I'm just going to go ahead and include it. Whoa. They are that good. That's radical. It's it, no. <laughs> If I ever get around to it. I'm getting better, right, you guys, with the notes section? Anyway. Um, so today we're going to talk about That's a how few I know things. about jojoba oil. Jojoba, yes. <laughs> it's not jojoba. <laughs> it's in it's in my Amazon wish list. Wished list. Why would you just wish list jojoba oil, not just buy it? Because I have a full lotion that I have to go through first, oh, and you're I don't good like, like extra stuff. Oh, so now I know when my naturopathica calendula cream is essentially done. You I'm know, moving what? on. You know what that tells me that you're probably a good girlfriend, and I'll tell you why. Because I'll get a new shampoo, and I'll be so excited to get that shampoo. <laughs> the old, that the one's old gone. shampoo, <laughs> like I'll just, I will use an excessive amount of it just to have it gone. And I bet you, just that patience really is makes you a good partner. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I. Yeah, you should. Andy, uh, he better say yes. <laughs> or I'm giving him back this ring. We're patching in Andy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Can you hear me? Uh, I do really try to use things up until they're, like, I'll, I'm that person who has that gross chapstick where I've, like, dug my fingernail oh, below gosh. the surface of, like, where it comes out. Because I'm yeah. like, there's more in there. I paid for it. Wow. Okay. I'm going to use it. Maybe for chapstick, we just let it go. <laughs> But, you know, it's fine. I'm, I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. Chapstick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, <hobo> oil. <laughs> but only if I'm almost done with my current one. Of course. Of yeah. course. And when you're cooking, you are the same way with condiments and everything, I assume. Yes. Although that is an area of my life where, like, brands will send stuff. And I'm like, this is so great. I'm so happy to have it. But I have to have, like, a cabinet just for the extra stuff because I don't want to have, like, two of the same items next to each other. Right. Because I just want to know, like, which one's open. I want to pull it and I want to use it. And then when it's done, I'll get a new one. Got it. 
This is fascinating. I know. It? Wow. <laughs> Everybody's like, when are you going to get to the good stuff? We're going to get to the good <laughs> stuff like, now. What are you, what, what is are this we talking even? about? So we were talking, so Natasha is a celebrity chef. Is it okay to call you that? Sure. Am I allowed to drink? Can Please don't. Am I gulping? <laughs> <laughs> I literally just heard a gulp in my ear. <laughs> Obviously, okay. Natasha's never done a podcast, and I know it sounds like we were drinking, but we're not. She was having tea. Um, it's delicious. Natasha is a celebrity chef, and we were talking about reality versus real life when it comes to what you see on TV and how it sort of pertains to all of our life. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that I think a lot of people have high expectations of how they're supposed to cook at home when they watch these Food Network shows and it looks all perfect and easy and that's just not the case. Absolutely not. I think one of the things, one of the first things you learn when you're either producing on a set or your talent on a cooking show set is that a cooking, being involved in the process of making a cooking show is literally nothing like cooking. From the very moment that you start the episode till the end, there are a million pauses, a million swap outs. You know, you want to show the audience every step of the way what something looks like. So right. let's say you're making uh, roasted spaghetti squash. You have 12 squashes to end up producing one because you want to be like, this is what it looks like raw. This is what it looks like when you've roasted it the first time. This is what it looks like when you take a fork and you get all the spaghetti squash out of the shell. And that then you end up with like 15 of these squashes and only one of them is on the plate and you don't recognize that there is this like tremendous effort that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that every step of the process looks exactly the way that the camera wants it to look so that you as a person at home can see it in its ideal form. Right. But when I'm at home making a spaghetti squash, it is not perfectly browned the way that it might be on set, specifically Mm -hmm. because... Somebody else is working for you, making sure the thing looks exactly the way the camera wants it to look. Yeah. And if it doesn't come out of the oven quite right, they'll just take a blowtorch or take some, like, honestly paint. Like, a lot of the food that you see on TV is basically inedible because it's been manhandled by so many people. Right. And a lot of it's been, like, touched up in the end. Um, If you ever see like an advertisement for McDonald's, you know, they'll actually like layer the elements of the burger and then stack them on top of each other. Right, and I think mayo is like glue, right? Yeah, Yeah. like, you know, you use Cool Whip instead of ice cream because you can have a longer shot and there's just so much manipulation. And I I don't mean this to, you know, knock the industry. I think it's so cool that when you watch a show, you get to see exactly what it should look like. Right. But, and I think that that still pertains in my neck of the woods of design TV too, because yes, there's me on camera doing this, but there's also people helping me paint, Mm -hmm. assemble furniture, doing all of that. And so in 22 minutes of watching one of my shows, you see a reveal, you tell your husband or you tell your wife, Hey, this weekend, we're going to do that. And it's like, no. And then <laughs> you guys are fighting. Why is this so much more difficult? Right. Because you don't see all of the help that really, what it really takes to make a reveal, whether it be food or a room. Yeah. And what is interesting about that is that as an audience, I don't think we're really given the opportunity to understand that what you're looking at is the pedestal version of what you'll be doing at home. I think when I make something uh, on a cooking show, somebody watches me, watches it be relatively easy, goes home and is like, well, mine should look exactly like the same. And since it doesn't, I am a failure. Correct. I'm j- guilty of that too. There are millions of times that I make an amazing dish 
And it tastes good, but it doesn't look good on a photo. So I never share my recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's these unrealistic expectations that we have because of social media. And I struggle with that particularly because it's my job to post those photos and to determine like the kind of person that I want to portray myself as, as a chef on the internet. Because on the one hand, like, so everything that I said about, you know, you see something finalized in the end, but it is it, it was not nearly as easy to get to that finalized product as you think it is. For my show Nosh with Tosh, I do the exact opposite. I'll only buy one chicken if I'm making a roast chicken. And if it doesn't go perfectly, too bad, so sad, in the end of the episode, you'll have learned sort of like how to fix and manipulate the original product so that you get it to something edible that's delicious, even if it's not exactly what you wanted in the first place. Right. So it's a more realistic cooking show. Right. Without any waste, which is something that like I personally am really passionate about. Uh, but I know. We just heard the chapstick story. <laughs> <laughs> really save the chapstick. <laughs> Hashtag save the chapstick. We'll get to that later. But yeah. the, the point is then I have to decide, okay, well, it actually doesn't look great. How much of my ego can I set aside and post this on the internet? Because right. like on the one hand, I'm saying I want to be the person who breaks the wall and is like, no, I'm going to actually show you what cooking should look like so that you have an honest portrayal and realistic expectations when you're cooking at home. But that being said, I think it's hard to do that when everybody else is doing something different. that's different. Right. And you also still want to look professional enough and you, it's still your calling card for your, you know, personal business. Right. And it, you still want to inspire people to do the thing. So it's hard, it, it is hard to find that balance, but I, I tend to, I tend to just try to be like, nope, it's not perfect. And like, that's what I'm going for. And mm-hmm. just put it up. And then you have like a little internal struggle and you're like, no, stop doing that. <laughs> do you see a difference? Be the change you want to be in the world. Well, yeah, sure. But then do you see a difference in engagement or when you put up something that's not as picture perfect? Oh yeah. I mean, people want food to, to be look perfect. I know. And they want you to look perfect. And, I know. But it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm, and maybe I'll never have half a million Instagram followers and that's Okay. Like, I'd rather have a small community and practice what I preach. Of authenticity. Yeah, but also I want more followers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody, please go follow Natasha right now. I'll put that in the notes as well. <laughs> no, I I suffer from the same thing of falling for the so-called reality on Instagram of mm-hmm. people. And then, I mean, like really falling for it, judging myself because my life sometimes doesn't look like that. Where, in fact, people say that about me. That they're like, oh, yeah. you look so perfect online, and it's so far from the truth. And it's crazy that you, like, as an individual, you are not trying to do that. Like, I think that the reality is most people aren't trying to manipulate people into thinking their life is better than it is, but it still ends up looking that way. Yeah. And it's you something- You know why? Because I always use a filter, the subtle filter on my Instagram uh... stories. That's my trick. Interesting. And I keep telling my friends about it. And Tanya, my girlfriend, who's also on TV, she's like, girl, you're, you're glowing your skin. I'm like, I told you it's the filter. <laughs> Why are you keep telling me about my skin? Just press the filter. It's easy. You can have glowing skin too. It's so easy. <laughs> it's, it's a trap. It's a trap. But also, nobody wants to see the boring stuff that you do. Nobody wants like to see do. you take out the trash. Nobody wants to see they that. They say they do. That's true. But it's so difficult because on both sides, either you're someone who is putting yourself on the internet 
and is trying to show people what you, you're trying to show people what you think is really interesting. What about your life makes you like excited to get up in the morning Mm -hmm. and, you know, images that you think are interesting. You're not saying this is everything that I do from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and it's all perfect and glamorous right. and I never go to the bathroom. Never. You know, you're <laughs> never. You're not trying to say that and yet as a consumer, that's what I think. Yes. You know, like even though we we like are the problem, kind of are the solution and also are intaking other people's lives and not seeing it in the same context of us putting our own online. Yes. And it just... We are the problem, the solution, and the audience because we are falling for it too. Yes. It's really messed up. It is. And like we were saying before we started, there I think there's only so much community that your brain can handle. Mm-hmm. And we came from like small tribes. And you have your small tribe and you really know everybody. And then you have a city and you only know the people that are on your block, but you see other people passing by. You're not comparing yourself to a random person on the street. And Sometimes now- I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Okay. But you're, you don't think about it the next yes. day. It doesn't change your behavior in an, in, a, in an overall sort of capacity. But now you have seven. You have seventy five hundred people that you follow on Instagram, and th- this is your tribe. Like you see all the stuff they do all the time, and yet we have no personal relation or connectionship, no personal relation or connection to them, and therefore that's the only thing that we see. And we're like, oh, that's their full life, right? And I uh, suck, you know? Like, yeah. oh, you went to the yes. gym how many times this week, and your abs look like what? And it's like, oh yeah, but you didn't do all the fun stuff that I did, like eat pasta, right? Right. Life is good. It's the comparison game that really can get you. And we're all guilty of it. Yeah. But I've gotten a lot better at the comparing myself and feeling bad about where I am. So, for instance, if somebody is in my genre of work and I see them do something really amazing that I would love, I would say a year and a half ago, two years ago, it would have, there would have been like a, a pit in my stomach that it's not me. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> gross. Gross. So gross. And now I really sh- shifted my mindset to be happy for that person because it shows me that if they can do something, that means there's an opportunity for me out there too. Mm-hmm. It's, that just wasn't the right one for me. Right. Instead of feeling pissed. Because the only thing that happens when you feel pissed about something like that is you stop the opportunities from coming in. Exactly. Because you're in a low vibration. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Do I sound like new agey? I love it. Like a shaman. (laughs) You sound 100% like a shaman. I know. (laughs) You are a shaman now. Totally. It's it's really so difficult. But it's hard to actually put into uh, action because sometimes feeling jealousy and calling your Can push you. It not just can push you, but it feels good, but it actually is horrible for you. You venting and you getting mad and talking smack about it to your friend is the worst thing you could do for your success and your vibe. It, it also, there's, I think you get into this trap of feeling like there are only a certain amount of opportunities. Yes. And the more that you can feel like this is a huge expansive world and there are opportunities for literally anybody that wants to go out and get it. Then you're just like, good for you. That's yes. one of a billion opportunities. Exactly. I'm going to go get the next one. And also, like, what's that brand? Should I call them? Yes. What do I do it next week? Or Maybe what other room? brands are in that same category that I could reach out to? It's It should be able to push you after you feel excitement and joy for that other person's success. And I know it sounds much more simple than it, it 
I know it sounds simple, but the most simple changes that you make in your life can really catapult you to the next level. Yeah. Especially if you, like what I try to do when I feel that way is just think about that person's life holistically. Like Sally got the gig that you wanted, um, but she had to not get this job, this job, this job, and this job. And she just happened to get that one. And we're all sort of like in this same stew trying to do the same thing and have the same hardships and the same successes. Right. But you just didn't see the random Sally's hardships. You're just right. like, oh, she got the gig. But right. and and that's what I'm that's sort of like leading back to this tribe thing. It's it's way easier to be jealous of someone that you don't know. Like you're not gonna be jealous of your friend who does the same thing when you were there for all the difficulties. It's finally like, yes, Correct. like Greg got the thing. He so deserves it. The show's a huge success and we're so happy for Greg. But if you didn't know Greg, you'd be like, screw Greg. Yeah, you just never really know somebody's story. And so that comparison game that we do on social media is such a waste of energy. And, and really such a low vibration place. And I keep talking about vibes. I you like think it. I was stoned? I swear I'm not. <laughs> just but tea. It's so true of just being happy for somebody else will attract better things for yourself. It starts to rub off on you just being able to like have that sense of like, yes, yes. that person deserved it and I deserve it. And you just, I think, what, what I like to refer to is like my magical place when I just feel like really positive for what everybody else is doing and what I'm doing. And then I go to the coffee shop and I start a conversation with the random person and then they end up working for a company that I really wanted to meet with. And then I go home and you see a show and you like someone on the show. So you send them an Instagram message and they respond and you have a new friend. You know, it's like you just get in the place where you're like, anyone can do anything. And anyone? that includes me. Yes. So I'm just like, I'm in it. And when, okay, I can talk about this for hours, but when you're in that happy place, you call it your magic place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because um, I have that magic place too. Uh, I see that things can shift so quickly. So, in a second. In a second. Okay. So, and another thing that I was doing too, everybody knows that I'm looking for love. <laughs> looking for love. But <laughs> I, sometimes if I saw an amazing couple, instead of, feeling happy, it would make me kind of sad that I didn't have that in my life, which now I know was the worst thing to do because it was focusing that I don't have it. Now, when I see a couple that inspires me, I actually think in my head and I'm not being fake. I actually think I love love and mm -hmm. I love that they found each other. That means it's possible for me yeah. too. And also that they probably have horrible fights and nights that are really terrible and huge problems that they have to work through and it's worth it and they do it yeah. and you see that one good moment, but it's also in addition to like, yes, I love love and good for them. For me, it's really healthy to be like, they're having a great moment and I'm so happy. Probably not all of them are this great and like, it's all worth it and yeah. life is cool. What are some things that you do in a daily practice to keep you in a positive mindset? I think exercise is really helpful for me. And that doesn't have to be going to the gym and doing something crazy or taking a Zumba class, which I do love. It could just be something. Oh, I can't stand a Zumba oh, class. Oh, I love how stupid you look. I know. And it's like, and then some women are taking it way too seriously. So like I'm on seriously. Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, I can't. But I appreciate that they are owning it. You know, it's like all I, all you want to do in life is just like do things that you love and own them and be like, screw you if you don't like it. You're and right, that that's me being negative. That's and I'm like, you go, go Zumba, mama. random Zumba lady. <laughs> you right. do it. So, okay. So exercise, what else? Do you meditate? I don't meditate. Um, 
whenever I try to meditate, I start coming up with ideas that I want to write down. And then it just ends up becoming like a brainstorm session. But I don't think it's fair to call that meditation because it's not. So I don't meditate. But what I do try to do is a little bit of gratitude journaling at night. Love that. Three things that I just felt grateful for in the day. And I'm obsessed with the artist's way. Have you read the artist's I, way? Okay, well, I have it. But I'm hoping it just gets into me by osmosis because I've no. never actually started to read it. You got it. to open book. Oh, got it. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> and in the in the artist's way, one of the main takeaways is you do three pages of journaling every morning. Totally not judgmental writings that you don't look back on. That are just stream of consciousness to get out all the gremlins that crept up while you were sleeping. Right. So like any thoughts that you don't like or thoughts that you love or whatever, totally a non-judgmental space just thoughts. to just get the garbage out of your head okay. so that you can start the day clean. And it seems insignificant. Like, what do you mean I'm going to start the day clean? I'm still the same person. I still have the same thoughts. But there is something about getting it from your brain to your hand onto the paper. Okay, wait. Sorry. I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so give me an example of something that you would write down in that Oh, well, I have the worst imposter syndrome of any of my friends. Okay. It's debilitating. Yeah. I would use the word debilitating. Yep. And I have to write down all the mean things that I say about myself in the morning. Like, Natasha, you have no business being a celebrity chef. Yeah. You, you don't even like, know how to cook. You, you could know so much more than you already know. You could be way more eloquent. You could be much smarter. You could be more well-read. You could have read these 16 books. You could take these 12 baking classes. You could have a much more well-rounded understanding of the industry. You could hone your knife skills. Like, you're not a man who's covered in tattoos, who's been working in the industry for 45 years. You are, like, really small and people like to look at taller more substantial people That's when they watch true. cooking shows no it is true no, people are always tom like, cruise is like five foot one yeah but he's not cooking oh when you're people right. look at people cooking one of my number one comments is like you can't be a good cook you're thin and it's like okay i have growth hormone deficiency i had to oh. give myself shots for like five years in my butt like oh <laughs> i don't say that to strangers but it's like <laughs> you don't know me that's true try my food and yeah i have a fast metabolism but like also an overactive, insane mind that tells me I can't do anything. Right. So there's that. But I don't think you're alone. Actually, I was just at an event last week and I, I was part of a panel and I spoke about imposter syndrome and I shared my story of when I got hired on HGTV, my first show, Get It Sold, Natasha, I'm not even kidding. Like I had no business, no business being on TV, telling people how to do anything. And every night I for the first like week of shooting, I'd be like, I think I'm going to go and quit tomorrow. I'm going to I'm gonna have to tell these people, like, I'm not the right person for the job. And I would come into set sort of like with my shoulders down and like really timid. And I ended, the show ended up getting picked up for multiple seasons. So I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no, what? So I, I stopped the negative self-talk because what I did was I'd leave set and I went to the bookstore back in D.C. It was called Books A Million. And I got... <laughs> I like that name. Every, I think it's still there in D, uh, DuPont Circle. I got every book I could get my hands on that was about design, DIY, carpentry, whatever. And I would go to dinner by myself and just write. I would write notes all night long until I fell asleep. Never talked, never had one friend, never talked to anybody. 
And the next morning I would come with notes on an index card and I would use the information that I downloaded that night before Mm -hmm. and just used it on the show. And that's why the show became so successful because I would share so many tips that I would learn from these books. So you used your imposter syndrome to make the show great. Yes, but that's not to say that I still don't have imposter syndrome. When I was on Design Star, oh gosh, this is a funny story. So there were two other judges, Vern and Genevieve. They're both very eloquent with their words. English is my second language, so not my strong suit. <laughs> You're pretty good at it. Oh, thanks. So they would take give their critiques, and Genevieve would just go on in these beautiful poetry of words. And Vern, he's so brilliant, that man. He would just like lay it down. And by the time they got to me, I swear I sounded like, me like green. <laughs> Yay! And it's like, oh, I would go home and like cry. A Sesame Street yes, because I had nothing left. I'm like, how am I going to compete with that gorgeousness? And I'm like, oh, good job, yay! <laughs> it was like awful. So I still do it, but then I realized that what I brought to the table was a more humorous side of design mm-hmm. and more accessible uh, side of design. But this is all to say, I think I don't know if J Lo has imposter syndrome. She probably doesn't. I don't but, think she does. But I think a lot of people do. Can I just tell you one time I was at Gracias Madre and I saw J Lo go to the bathroom. So I, I would have followed her. Yeah, what happened? And she was singing Say Something, I'm Giving Up on You in the bathroom stall. It was good. But what I thought was peculiar was she was also spraying hairspray up her skirt, I guess, to keep static. static maybe maybe it was static on. cling stuff. Yes, yeah, I don't know. But maybe it wasn't hairspray. I was like, oh my God. J-Lo needs static cling, yeah. whatever, to so that she doesn't have static in her legs and she cares enough to come into the bathroom and she's singing over the sound of the aerosol container to mask it. I love it. So she's got... What did she su- smell like? Well, she was in the stall next to me, <laughs> so I couldn't smell her. I would have pretended I needed <laughs> toilet paper underneath just so like we Hello. could make some kind of... Can I have some toilet paper? <laughs> could you have... She definitely would not Hook give it to you. She would, she would, she would like give it to take me. her stiletto and like, get no. out of there. I mean, like, just, just a square. <laughs> just one square, please. J-Lo. <laughs> J-Lo. <laughs> I'm out of toilet paper. Please don't give up on me. Can I have some toilet paper? <laughs> no, but... It's like, I was like, oh. She, oh, you know, I love her. She's a human. She's my, um, they called expanders, like people that you look up to that, look at her. Like she's 50 years old. She was super bold. She's insane. She has two kids. Like she's, and I, she's seven years older than I am. That means I have seven years to make it to the Super Bowl halftime show. But you could also make it in 20 years and that would still be okay. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I could dance like that in 20 years. Well, you're, you're right. I can. Let's not yeah, limit myself. Medicine is only getting better. You're right. <laughs> is the truth. Wait, but that's all to say, like we're going back, but <laughs> I really do feel like a lot of people suffer from this. So if you're listening and whatever field you're in that you feel like you're not good enough or you're not good enough as a mother, as a a wife, as a friend, we all feel that way. Mm -hmm. I think some, I would say at least once a week that I'm not a good enough mom that I could be. Oh, only once a week? I do something that I think is bad every day. (laughs) No, I just, I, I shift which category of my life oh, I'm okay, going to okay. beat You've myself got like up. like a, a roulette wheel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Today I suck at loving myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be writing that in the morning. Downy. But so, okay, I'm going to start doing that in the morning. The three pages of just spew it. Like, just go. It's let it excellent. go. Okay. And I, I sort of feel like this conversation has gone a little crazy, but also I think it deeply ties back into us having these thoughts because 
we are in a time where we're comparing ourselves to everybody else that's in our, quote, tribe that we don't know. Unrealistic expectations. Like, imagine being alive when Marilyn Monroe was the kind of celebrity that you looked up to. It wasn't people that were like doing what you were doing, but have maybe been doing it two or three years longer, or maybe have like an uncle who's like in the industry and helped them. Or, you know, it's like Marilyn Monroe was so far from you yeah. that you might, you might hate on her, but for the most part, you're probably like, I'm going to take this cool, I'm going to do my lipstick like her, and right. I'm going to put this freckle on my face, and I'm going to be able to feel like I can be sexy when I go out, and it's not shameful. Yes. And that was a celebrity, and now a celebrity can be literally you. Whoa, that, whoa. No, I mean, no, I know. Where are you going that. with this? I mean, it can no, be literally someone who does exactly what you do, like yep. carbon copy you and move them, and you're jealous of them, even though they're doing exactly what you're doing. I know. They're exactly the same amount of successful, but you just don't know them. But it's like too close for comfort almost. Yes. And I think like it's, it's really hard not to have imposter syndrome, and it's really hard not to compare yourself. It's really hard to have like a grounded sense of self when you're so bombarded by everybody else's sense of self. Yes. And that those sort of like tools to keep you in that like magical place are important. But also I think it's just important to know that like literally nothing is as it seems. Nothing is as it seems. And all of these unrealistic expectations are just that. It's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. It's not real. But what's crazy is that all we do is watch reality TV and we're like, oh, it's reality. And it's That's like, not real mm-hmm, either. Mm-hmm. That's not real, you guys. And when you watch the show and you're like, oh man, this person's so real. It's like, yeah, they're, they are so real, but they have a team of 15 people who are also so real, who are just making sure the so real person looks as good as possible so yes. that the ratings are good. Yes, it's true. It's tricky. But it's going back to you're saying like on social media... I've said this before on the podcast, is you also have to censor the kind of baloney that you're ingesting. Meaning, mm-hmm. if you're looking at your feed every day, and we all do, but there's people in there that trigger you in a bad way, just unfollow them. Yeah. It's just unfollow not worth them, it. And then also, don't search them after. Well, yeah. Who would do that? You should that? say that to yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do it too. Gee. I sometimes do it too. And weirdly, lately, I don't know, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I've noticed that um, some of my like people from my past are looking at my Instagram stories and like weird people from my past. Interesting. And it's happening like in this past week where one day it was like four people that are, have no business looking at my Instagram stories are looking at myself. Can you give me an example of one of these people? <laughs> Not on the podcast. <laughs> I don't want I them mean, to like know. Like genre. Is it like, like an old coworker or like a closer ex-lover? Maybe interesting but like real x like real x does that make you feel good though? no i'm like creep wait what's going on i have like i haven't even thought about that person in years why are you yeah but you're still important to them no you know what i think sometimes people are just bored <laughs> i really do i do that's true but anyway um but it's they just know that you know they don't know i don't think people think that i i normally don't look at who's looking at my instagram so why are we talking about this <laughs> I don't know, but sometimes you I know what? do look. I know, but I'm this like, is oh, for looking? anyone who's listening. If you look at people's Instagram stories, can they can, you can see. 
don't yeah. don't look at exes stuff unless you want to rekindle something. Look, and don't fall off in the middle of my story that I think is good. Wait, was you know people always like, they'll <gasps> oh, watch I hate like that a when they exit it. They're like, I watched three frames and I don't care what happens. And I'm like, no, I built a story for you. It's got character art yeah. and pizzazz. Don't just leave <laughs> in the middle. I see you like George six five five two potato. <laughs> I know it kind of hurts my feelings when people do that when it's <laughs> Olivia. Like, how could you not want to see how no. this story ends? <laughs> like. Just all you have to do is hit the hit the side of your phone, or so maybe we just have to not care. Oh, right. So but I think it's about say, us. Let mm. me just say, you could just quick quick tap your finger on the okay, right. Okay, so everybody side of needs frame. to do that to Natasha's feed so that yeah. her ego stays in check. <laughs> and then I'll that's just, today's lesson. I'll think everybody likes it, and I'll keep doing it. But really, I should just be learning. Like, oh, your stories are too long. But yeah. there's so much information and comedy to share in this life. Mm. Okay, we're going to have to work on that. <laughs> Wait, there was one... Oh, jealousy. We were talking about jealousy, but I guess we, we already talked about that. Yeah. So, okay, tell me where people can find you. So, you can find me on the internet. The World Wide Web. The www. <laughs> uh, at noshwithtosh.com. That's sort of the main hub for videos that I make for me and recipes that I post that I think are easy and repeatable and fun. And good things for you to try if you're not an Iron Chef competitor. Right. Um, and then also on Instagram, I share, you know, adventures at the farmer's markets and new fun fruits and vegetables and ways to use things and sort of like let you know when I post a new recipes or let you know about shows that I'm on. And it's just a sort of community for people who like food but don't want to have it run their lives, you know? The food, the recipes that I've made, every single one of yours has been phenomenal. I highly recommend it, you guys, especially. The, the, don't worry. The beans are going to be on the notes and the cauliflower tacos. Delicious. Oh, and that crema. Is that on your oh, website? No, it's not. You need to put but that. But it's so easy. I know, but you need okay. to put it on there. Okay, I'll add it. Okay, thanks. Um, Just for you. Th- thank you. It's actually for my people. <laughs> <laughs> Just for your tribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to rate and please review the podcast if you have a moment. I would totally appreciate it. Five stars. <laughs>